0: Welcome to another episode of Words and Nerds, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I am super excited to welcome Scott Pape, the author of The Barefoot Investor, the only money guide you'll ever need. It's Australia's all time number one bestseller and has sold over two million copies. Scott was awarded a Medal of the Order of Australia for service to the community and financial education. Today, we're gonna talk about Barefoot Kids. How exciting is that? Your epic money adventure. Welcome, Scott.
1: G'day. Thanks very much for having me.
0: Well, I'm very happy to have you and very happy to talk about this book. And I've got to say, my kids got it today. They've got one each and they've already started filling it out already started pitching to their parent and i think i'm in trouble scott so (laughs) awesome so i yeah i'll I'll ask you for a couple of questions then i want to ask you what you think of my daughter's proposal and see if i Mm -hmm. i should pass it through or not so Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the most important thing scott is give us an elevator pitch as to what this book's about
1: so um, I wrote The Barefoot Investor and uh, it went gangbusters and it kind of gave me a platform um, to um, to do different things. And, and the number one question that people um, after they uh, read that book said to me was, why didn't I learn this when I was at school, right? So why am I only learning this when I'm 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 after I've read your book? My life would be so much different if I actually had have learned this when I was a kid And so what I decided I would do was, you know, being the barefoot investor, I I thought, you know, I'm going to try and get this into schools around Australia. So I wrote some content um, and I spent a couple of years trying to get financial education uh, in Australian schools and I failed badly. I just literally couldn't get it in schools and uh, I was kind of depressed after, you know, for a while and I thought, you know what? I'm actually going to bypass the bureaucrats. I'm going to write a book um, called Barefoot Kids for Kids uh, that gets it directly into kids' hands. And, uh, yeah, the whole process took uh, well over a year, but I'm really proud of uh, what came out.
0: Mm, I really love all of that and I agree with so much of that you know I've got into my 20s and you start thinking about buying houses and all that kind of stuff and you really have no idea and so you're absolutely right about kids needing to be armed with this knowledge but what Mm. I love so much about this book for kids is that they can write in it there's spaces for them to write Uh, there's it's illustrated beautifully there's stickers at the back so how did all these ideas come to you because you obviously needed it to be really kid friendly and not intimidating because sometimes when you talk about, you know, investing for kids and starting businesses, it can be quite intimidating, I guess, for parents as well.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, what I really did with this book is I took sort of the best elements of The Barefoot Investor and sort of uh, packaged it into this book. And, And I actually think this book is a better book than the barefoot investor. Um, it's a lot more targeted. Uh, and, uh, so for me, I wanted to get like create a book that was kind of like, you know, an old school adventure sort of scouts book Mm -hmm. where you got badges and stickers and you wrote in it. It's very tactile. Um, but the whole idea kind of like the barefoot investor is there's not a lot of theory. There's not a lot of learning, a lot of money, talk, um, it's roll up your sleeves and let's go on an epic money adventure and you'll learn by doing and you'll build your confidence by doing. So um, for me, it's really designed for the kids to get it, to write in it, to get those stickers and to actually build their confidence um, by doing, doing stuff.
0: Mm, I love that so much. And I've got to say, uh, not just for kids. I read it before I gave it to my kids and I was reading yeah. grow your money. And uh, I think I need to read that a couple of times in the kids one. So we'll discuss that shortly. You know, I reckon
1: like I've written, so this was really hard for me. I I've written for kids, right? Um, so this is the first book I've ever actually written directed at sort of primary school age kids, which is quite intimidating, Um, uh, especially I have four kids um, aged nine, seven, five and like 18 months. Oh, wow. (laughs) And so I had like the four crankiest editors um at night so I would I would toil all day you know you're a writer you know trying to get this working out and then I would face my four grumpy editors at like 7 p.m that night (laughs) and I would be reading them stuff and literally within like a minute they would like turn off and (laughs) and uh I remember this one night that my nine-year-old who is very he's a very good reader uh, I was reading him this what I thought was a hilarious story, and he said, uh, "Just, just, just give me the, give me what you're, you're writing." And I sort of handed it to him, and he said, "Ah, uh, see, what you're doing here is using a, a device of humor, but really, it's not that funny, and you're just wasting the reader's time. You need to get to the point."
0: Wow! Like, wow!
1: Like that is really cutting. Uh, constructive feedback that only my son could give me. Absolutely. But you know what? They're
0: they're the ones reading the books. Like they actually know, you know what
1: I mean? That's it. You know? And so what I kind of in back, in the back of my head was sort of two things was number one, kids will not be bored. Like, um, so I am competing with Andy and Terry uh, and all the, all the great books. And so this had to be really engaging. And then sort of the second thing that that led to was um, getting kids in the book. So kids, teaching kids and kids inspiring kids so that's kind of where um you know this book evolved to that yeah it is partly Oh, it's I wrote the book, but I actually got kids all over Australia to tell their stories about them going on their epic money adventure.
0: And one of my favourites was the boy who was getting teased at school for reading aloud mm. because he was dyslexic, and he found a teacher I gave him a, one of these reader rulers to help him read and focus the sentences. And then he couldn't find them, and so then he started this business to create them. Like, how did you find this incredible kid?
1: Well, he's, um, he's a barefoot kid. So he's mum mum, uh, uh, read the barefoot investor, you know, he's part of my tribe. They read, um, barefoot families. Um, and they were, so they're already doing the jam jars and stuff. So for me, after, you know, my crushing, uh, four editors basically sent me, uh, back to, uh, back to the writing chambers. Um, I actually sent an email out to my email list, um, and there's you know, about four or 500,000 people on that list. And I said, look, if you've got kids that are doing that following the barefoot steps of the jam jars and stuff, I want to hear from you. We end up getting, I think, nearly 2,000 kids. Wow. Applied. And we we nailed it or we, we sort of filtered that down to about 50 kids that appear in the book. And the, the guy that you're talking about is Levi. He's 10 years old. He is just an absolute superstar. Like for somebody who has challenges in both reading and ADHD and dyslexia to actually pivot and to turn that into a strength, he's got a, an online store called mydyslexia shop.com.au he for, I think for every 10 reading rulers he sells, he donates one to um, like an indigenous community or to a a school that's lower socioeconomic. Um, So for the kids that maybe don't have the courage to get a reading ruler or don't know they need a reading ruler. So it's not just that he created his own little business. It's not that he's got, you know, he built his confidence in doing that. It's, it's also that, you know, he's just he's just a, a giving guy, you know, so the energy that I got from these kids in this, you know, in the book, that's what really propelled me forward. Um, uh, and it's just been such a, a pleasure to write this book um, that um, I'm really hoping it does well.
0: Mm, and I just loved all of those stories. And I think it makes it real. You know, if you're giving kids advice, but they're like, oh, that's too hard. I can't do that. But instantly yeah. they're seeing, you know, all these kids doing exactly that in all different types of fields.
1: Mm. You know,
0: I guess it kind of gives them, um, you know, that idea that, oh, maybe I can do it if this other yeah. 10-year-old's doing it. So I found that really powerful.
1: Yeah. What what I wanted to do, just with with having the kids in there, is that I wanted any kid to pick up this book and say, that's me, I can do that. So mm-hmm. we've got kids from um, regional uh, uh, towns. We've got from kids from the city. We've got boys, girls. We've got kids that are as young as five, kids that are as old as 14, 15. I just wanted to get a really good mix of kids, um, kids with learning difficulties, um, to show uh, anyone that's reading, hey, you can do that and sort of um, to make it really accessible. And, uh, you know, these kids aren't just, building businesses, they are, we've got a girl who, you know, helped her mum build a school, there are kids that are, you know, buying things for homeless people within their community. So it isn't just, hey, I'm rich, aren't <laughs> I good? it's like, you know, I'm, I'm doing really cool things to help my community and to, to be nice to my family and friends. So it's kind of a, it's really for me, money isn't just about um, money. It's more about the values of I like to work, um, I like to spend money because no one likes a tightwad. Um, <laughs> I like to, you know, like to save up and buy something that, that I like that makes me smile and I like helping other people. So these are the things that, I want to use money as a way of teaching these values and behaviours.
0: And I just felt like that was a really great energy of the book. You know, I've got the three buckets here for the kids Mm -hmm. and it's splurge, save and give. And like you said with Levi, giving a free ruler to, you know, disadvantaged communities, you're really encouraging kids to not just keep all the money for themselves, but really encouraging them to give. And I think that's so important in, it's always been important, but I think particularly now in our society.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that we as parents all kind of worry about is that our kids are going to grow up to be kind of spoilt little brats.
0: Uh, because, <laughs> Might have know, crossed I, my mind, Scott. <laughs> well,
1: I, I mean, I, I'm a kid from Oyun. Like I lived, I grew up in the country and my life, my kid's life is very different to the life that I grew mm. up with.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. And I think
1: that would be the same for a lot of people but what i kind of worked out is the two ways that you make sure that your kids aren't spoilt brats is number one you instill a work ethic in them so that they understand that if they want to earn money they've got to they've got to work money comes from working and number two they've got to have an understanding of just how good they've got it you know so if you're living in australia you are already the 1% you know you are yeah. already you've won the lottery just by the fact that we live in this amazing country so that idea that um, if you can encourage your kids that in our family we give, we look after people in our community, I think those two attributes are really life skills and and, and um, habits and behaviours that can hold kids in good stead
0: yeah no i absolutely agree i also really liked how you really took care to write the book for kids but also consider the parents as well and i really liked the pitching to your parents it really reaffirmed what i've been saying about pocket money is that you live here you have to contribute and you have to clean your room that's just base level stuff and after that we'll look at jobs that you can get paid for and in one of your chapters i think it's page 54 you've got pitching to your parents so you've got the three parent pleasers so things they just have to do because because they live in the house, and that's what we do—we contribute and help each other. And then the three payday jobs I'd like to do, and how much money they should get a week. So, look, Scott, I'll share my daughter's uh, little uh, yeah, okay. ideas here. You tell me if yeah. I should if I should give it the tick or not. Yeah. So, the parent pleases is to set the table, yep. to clean the hallway, and to clean her room. Yeah. And the three payday jobs. Good, or- that's
1: good. Oh, I would that's actually that's add good. in there that um, we want to do a bit of laundry there because <laughs> nelly socks. They can, you can do that. You can you can, you can can put that into the, uh, in the lawn. Yeah, I think, I I think you're
0: well. right. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I think cleaning the hallway might be a bit of a cop-out. <laughs> and the three payday jobs is mopping, sweeping, and putting my clothes away for $5.50 a week. She's eight. What do you think, Scott?
1: Well, look, I, I don't want to cause any problems here. But, um, <laughs> You know it, it's totally up to you um I say I've got four kids and so the pecking order is is different mm-hmm. but generally what I do and it's different for every parent I generally pay a dollar uh per year so okay. that would mean that your daughter would be getting paid eight dollars mm-hmm. a week however in order to get the eight bucks she's really got to lift her game like mm-hmm. you want to be doing stuff at eight she could be doing things that you don't really want to be doing mm-hmm. so Tell I'm me talking. more. <laughs> Why? you know, I mean, I think it's that idea with the book is just getting a little bit more, um, it's just getting a bit more creative about what are the things that could actually lighten the load. So it might mm-hmm. be putting away some of the um, shopping. It could be putting out the bins. It could be if you've got pets. Um, but, you know, my thing with my kids as they get older, and I'm lucky. Lucky? Am I lucky? I may be lucky. <laughs> but I've got, you know, a 2 you know, basic up to up to nine is that as they get older, they get more money, but they also have to take on more responsibility.
0: Mm-hmm. I do. So for that. me,
1: you know, it's you know, once they're getting around eight or nine, you know, they may be doing some stuff that I don't really have time to be doing, and and that's <laughs> a that's a good thing.
0: That's so good. It's, Scott. A I think it's a good start. Yeah, it's a good start. I'll, I'll, I'll sleep on that and think of the jobs I really don't like. I think it's going to be folding. I think that's going to be the thing. folding.
1: Is a good thing. Um, <laughs> but you know, the other thing that I would say with your daughter is that as she's she gets through the book, and I actually only got it today, but starting that little business, it's mm-hmm. it's a myth that most parents think is oh my kid doesn't really want to work. What I've found is that with um, you know these little barefoot businesses that the kids have. It builds, comes out there, their brings out their creativity, um, you know, their passion for doing things. It really can transform kids um, when they get to do something under their own steam.
0: Mm, yeah no i really like it look like i said my kids have only had the book since after school today and they've already at the dinner table that's all we talked about the things love they could it. sell the things they could it. start what jobs they're going to do so it's actually really inspired them both awesome. <laughs> so it's been a very good very good lesson you know now, you know
1: what, what i find is that most parents um have tried pocket money at least once right mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I talk to parents all the time and they're like, yep, I tried it and it kind of fizzled out. And that is because um, it puts, generally speaking, pocket money puts the onus on the parents, right? It's just another thing that we have to do, uh, you know, from, you know, cooking dinner to getting into footy practice and all of everything in between. It's just another chore for us to make them do their chores. What I've tried to do with this book is put the onus on the kid. So I speak directly to the kid and then it's their responsibility Generally speaking, what I've found is that if you uh, forget to pay your daughter, she will remind you (laughs) she's going to be on top of that.
0: I'm sure she will. But I like that. You're absolutely right. I've done half-hearted pocket money throughout their lives, and it never sticks and it never Never. works because it's just another thing on my to-do list. Correct. Correct. You've hit the nail on the head. Now, important for kids, kids, you know, in the past, my kids have just gotten money, and as soon as they've gotten, they've spent it on you know whatever, whether they've wanted or not. Yep. But you've got a step two here: stash your cash. Now, obviously, this is an important sort of value to build in our kids. Tell us about hmm. stashing your cash.
1: Well, I mean, you know, it comes from the idea that um you know I I speak to thirty five year olds that walk around with one one a bucket that's got a hole in it and they can't work out where their money goes. Uh So for me, you know, like those three, whether they be jam jars or whether they be bank accounts um, or spriggy accounts, it's basically saying we're going to work, you know, money comes from working. So if you want to get paid, you need to work. Um, And really what we're going to do is split it into three buckets. So we're going to splurge because it's great to spend money um, if you work hard, you should be rewarded. Um, we want to save up for a goal uh and we want to give some money away. And so for me, I often find, even though I'm the barefoot investor, talking about money to kids is kind of a little icky. You know, it's a little bit consumerist, it's a little bit capitalist. For me, what it is is this is just a tool to raise thoughtful. Uh, responsible, hardworking kids. Uh, And the money is really just a, just a tool to create those beliefs and behaviors and confidence that I want in my kids. Mm. So yeah, that, that notion that we, we split our money in different ways. If you can start doing that when, you know, your kid is still in primary school, you get those behaviors and beliefs that they, it sticks with them. Um, And it makes a huge difference as, you know, I guess what I've seen with the barefoot investor which really was the the first one that, that brought out these money buckets
0: mm, and it's just so practical and doable you know my daughter found the pickle jars we're using pickle jars nice. um and already you know too, yeah. they're, they're yeah. massive I don't know how much money she's expecting but um yeah so it's already it's just a simple thing you can do and once you start dividing your money into you know I know when you talk about adults you talk about having you know three months wage I think in one bucket yeah. so you are always you know, never worried if something terrible happens and you lose your job and your income that you can still survive and find another job so you know all of that stuff is is really clever and it's that safety net you know particularly you know and i imagine most of us are are sort of experiencing the high rate rises at the moment on our mortgages so having that bucket really helps right
1: yeah i mean it's it's you know what i tried when i wrote the barefoot investor um it was sort of Almost cathartic for me because um, it was after I'd lost my home. So Mm -hmm. a bushfire came through, it it took everything. Um, I was left with my wife, we'd just been married and and a little baby. And it was really confronting. And so the whole basis of that book was um, one day we're all going to face our own financial fire. You know, it could Mm -hmm. be your husband walking out on you, it could be losing your job, it could be illness. The whole process of the barefoot investor uh, and the steps uh, to make sure that you're never financially um, vulnerable so that Mm -hmm. you can say, you know, whatever life throws at you, you know, I've got this. And so it is very conservative, but I kind of think with where we're going now with those rate rises and things, no one has ever said to me you know, Barefoot Investor, you are such a bastard. I paid off my credit card. It was the worst thing I ever did. You know, like I look back at that now and think, you know, like just having some money there, you know, when you've got money in your account, you're in control. And that's kind of what I want to do for the parents and for the kids. I just don't want them to have to unlearn all the bad mistakes that many adults did because they weren't taught about this in schools.
0: Mm, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Now, I just want to go back to growing your money because yeah. I just thought, what is this? And then I started reading about kids investing and it was blowing my mind. So can you give me the kids version so I can understand? Yeah, what
1: I love about, <laughs> you know, so basically I talked about kids investing and that you can start like you have a little bucket um, and you can start investing with, you know, these days, five dollars but you know generally under about twenty five dollars you can actually start investing in Australian shares and the way I explained it um, for the kids was it's kind of like um, planting an apple tree you know Mm -hmm. at the start it's really small and there's no apples and um, you're kind of worried you're like is this thing going to grow is the dog going to you know uh, lift its leg on it and kill it you know how is this going to work but if you give it time Uh, after a while the apples grow which is kind of the the metaphor for money Uh, and the longer you leave it the more apples you get and so I kind of tried to make it really simple for the kids to understand it but then what I did was I had uh, an eight-year-old girl who was uh, uh, written in the book and she's investing she's like learning to invest with her mum her mum had never invested so for me um, I wanted to make it really simple for even eight-year-olds and even younger to understand the basic concepts of investing, but more more importantly, to show them, let's just put five bucks in mm. and, and just even doing that when you're that age and getting that belief that, oh, I'm an investor. You know, I'm I'm someone who, who invests in shares. If you have that mindset, you don't freak out when you're 50 and for the first time ever go, gee, I better think about investing some money or superannuation. If you start that, even at that age, and it's just in the back of your mind that I can do that. That's not a stress. Again, we're just building habits and skills that can serve your kids, you know, um, right throughout their lives.
0: Mm, I think that's really good. And, and so it takes away the intimidation from it. You know, as you talk about investing in shares, I mean, I imagine that could be quite intimidating for some people or some people just go, no, that's too hard. I'll just do what I've always done. And, you know, put my money in a bank or whatever. Yeah, so but
1: I would say though, that the, the really cool thing about, you know, talking to kids is, they don't have the same hang up. Yeah, that's as right. Their parents, you know. So <laughs> you just like, this is how it is. It's like an apple tree, it grows, <laughs> you know. Yeah, there'll be good years, there'll be bad years, but generally speaking, just like an apple tree, it'll grow. Yeah. You know, I have these conversations with eight year olds and they're like, yep. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm cool. Like, hmm. Whereas you talk to their parents and they're like, hang on a minute. I've got my uncle, me and my brother Derek. He thinks, like, <laughs> Don't care what Derek thinks. Just stick <laughs> with the apples. Um, so that's the other cool thing about talking to kids is you know, they've got a really high BS detector. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they don't have the hang ups that 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 our parent that you know their parents have. They so. don't have
0: the cynicism of adults. I love it. That is true. <laughs> well, I can see us. They haven't gotten to that chapter yet, but I can see that we're gonna probably have to go there. I just looked and said, you know, Minecraft shares that it's all over now, all their money. I yeah. know where all their money's going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so I, I mean I've tr- so again what I've tried to do is relate investing to things that kids understand so mm-hmm. you know I've talked about macs and about you know minecraft and yeah. and all sorts of things so just so that the kids get an understanding of the things that I that are around me that I'm interested in I can be a part owner in in that business so I'm trying to you know at least try and explain investing and make it make it understandable for kids mm. just-
0: Absolutely. I look forward to that chapter. I think I'm going to learn a thing or two, Scott, as well. Now, you said, you know, this, the first book really came out of, you know, you were in a vulnerable position when your house, you lost everything with that house fire. Has finance and being in control of your money always been a passion or was that the catalyst for you?
1: No, I mean, I've always been, um, I've always been interested in it, but um, I've never really been, I'm more interested in, in the story, uh, um, behind money. I'm not interested in money per se, um, like to be a wanker and to drive a BMW <laughs> yeah. and to take selfies on Instagram. I, I'm, you know, I live on, in, on a farm. I'm pretty low key, but what I'm really interested in is people's stories and how people relate to money. So to the point where after I sold a million copies of Barefoot Investor, um, it was mad, right? I had all these people offering me, like, people just came out of the woodwork with, you know, do you want to run a hedge fund? Do you want to have, like, you know, we can make you so much money. You can have like a chain of real financial planning businesses. It was just insane uh, and influencer stuff. <laughs> and so, what I decided I wanted to do, I remember sitting down with my wife and saying, you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to go to TAFE and I'm going to do a counseling course and I'm going to become a not-for-profit volunteer financial counsellor and help women in family violence situations wow. and people who are, who are seriously ill. And my wife looked at me and she's like, that's what you want to do after, you know, with all these people offering you all these things, you want to actually go and volunteer and help, you know, basically work with some of the most vulnerable people in the community and I'm like yeah I I, I do and and so that's what I did I I went back to TAFE um I went in and I volunteered in women's shelters and in prisons um and in hospitals and so that's kind of what I do now like people don't pay me um I help people who are in really vulnerable situations and um it's fascinating it's it's Mm. it's fascinating and it's um, A lot more interesting than helping some rich dude get a little bit richer. <laughs> I
0: love that. But it really, you really, you know, live your philosophy, which is what, you know, is very admirable. You know, you say about having that give back bucket, but you're absolutely, you're walking and talking that every day. So it's very impressive. I love that scott that has been an amazing talk i could talk to you so long about this but i'm going to read the book again with my kids which i think is one of the best parts of this book is that it's kind of not a go away kids and read it yourself it's they take it away and then you bring it back to the dinner table and you have all these really cool discussions so that's what i've really liked about this book and i'm sure it's going to be the same for many families in our country
1: well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me. And uh, I'm really looking forward to hearing how the investing talk goes. Um, <laughs> uh, I think this might be, you know, the, the, the two of you might be learning this together. And I think...
0: Absolutely. Should- well, I've got a son as well, and he's uh, he's very money savvy. He always asks about, you know, the stock market nice. and questions I can't really answer. So um, nice. I think the three of us are going to go on a bit of a journey. But I also think it's really important, you know, when you talk about having those buckets to empower you you know so when something happens and in our lives it it is going to happen you know all those other examples you told us before to Mm. just be able to be empowered to go you know what life has thrown me a lemon but i'm going to be okay and i think that that's the power behind the message that you're delivering
1: i think that is a lovely uh way to end this interview because it's (laughs) absolutely true
0: thank you so much for your time scott
1: i really appreciate it thanks very much.